Ladies and gentlemen, fellas, 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 welcome back to the channel and the podcast. Week eight, NFL bets are now done. We're heading into the week nine part of this, and I'm going to have five bets. One is going to be an over under four spread picks, then also a teaser bet, which we didn't do last week because I don't want to force any of these. Last week, there's a couple of spots, but none that really crossed through all the magic numbers, teasing down favorites to just being straight out wins, right? There was only like one of those situations. It was the Packers, but luckily we didn't tease anything because the Packers ended up losing outright by six points to the Minnesota Vikings. We also had the over under on that game. Wind maybe was a little bit of an issue. At the end of it, didn't really seem to be much of an issue, at least downfield. A lot of short passing. Obviously, Dalvin Cook scoring four touchdowns. One on a screen, three runs, doesn't really matter all that much. But we're back this week to try and win. This is what we do here. If you're brand new, we try and win the dollar rooskies by just giving you as much information as possible. The more information that you're going to have, the better your chances of trying to get some of these wins in, right? You're going to entertain yourself by just doing sports betting, betting on sports, betting on games in general. But obviously, the purpose and the goal is to try and win the dollar rooskies. So the more informed you are, the better your chance. So welcome into all the fellas out there on the podcast, on the YouTube. What we're going to be doing is propping up right now. You can see some of the Vegas odds for week nine. I'm recording the show on a Monday because I started this last week. Seems like it was very popular. A lot of people enjoyed it. I want to try and record earlier in the week. So basically you can have the, the best look at the lines, right? Before the lines move earlier, we were doing it like on Thursdays, but then some of the lines move based on where I got them. The goal is to get these lines on Monday when I place the bets and try and get the content out to you as soon as possible. I record on Monday. I get this video edited and uploaded on Tuesday morning for all of you on the podcast and the YouTube version. So we're going to get right into it before we do. Enjoy you being here. I'm trying to help you out. I'm trying to get you a little bit more of a buck, an extra dollar ruski in your pocket so you can buy some more brewskis and do whatever you want to do with your life, right? This is the time for you these next 20, 25 minutes or so. Just do one thing for me real quickly. Like button, big old subscribe button pops up on the YouTube channel. Subscribing on the podcast as well will really help grow that. It's all basically word of mouth. It's all based on subscribing and leaving reviews, which you can have a chance to win $50 ruskies if you indeed do leave a review. So check all of that stuff out. It's linked down below. The video is going to be sponsored by Vigit. So basically, if you don't know what Vigit is, they're sponsoring these betting videos now that we do here on Tuesdays. And basically what Vigit is, is going to be a social media for sports bettors. You basically post about your picks, see what some other people are doing, gather some information, and they have a bunch of betting data, insider betting data on there. So you can basically look at the trends and see like, okay, this is where the line movement is. I could see it very clearly on these graphs. You can see basically what the look ahead lines were. A lot of stuff on there that I like to use. Injury dashboards, you can see how teams are favoring against the spread, where teams are, are struggling, where teams are not struggling. All this information can be found in there as well. So there's a bunch of different tabs to look at. And then they have a free sports book where you can have, actually have Vigit coins. And basically what these Vig coins are, is you go in there, you have Vig coins, and you can wager on some of these games, right? You can play some bets on some of these games. And it is beneficial because you can win Amazon gift cards. You can win a bunch of other prizes as well in there. So there's three parts to it, right? They have the free casino. They have a bunch of just insider data so you can learn more about your bets as well as this video going to help you out and they have just the social media side of it the twitter for sports betting it's vigit and if you use the promo code sal it's totally free to download the app right you can go in there you can get some big coins to start out but you get a thousand big coins if you use the promo code sal when you sign up it's linked down below all the information you need to find on that i'll be referencing some of the stuff on their app right now on my phone as i go through some of these bets so let's get into it right now the first bet that we're going to have for this week to try and kick it all off right and if you want to tail these you can depending on the lines that you find i'm using action network it's totally free uh what you're seeing on the youtube video on the screen right now just to look at and compare the lines because you always want to be shopping your lines. The first bet that we're going to look at is the Baltimore Ravens opening up. They opened up on the look ahead line, meaning like a week earlier, a couple days earlier as minus four, four point favorites. Now they're just three point favorites. So kind of them having the loss to the Steelers came down to that last play of the game, right? They could end up winning it through into tight coverage, ends up getting knocked away by, I believe, Minka Fitzpatrick. And you have the Colts coming off of their game against the um, really weird game against the Detroit Lions, where there's just points everywhere and the beating Lions. So the line has already moved one point because you have the Colts winning their game, the Ravens losing their game. So just positive and public sentiment is moving now towards, okay, this is now a three 
three-point spread. So we ended up jumping on the Ravens at minus three. I think that there's a chance that this might actually move the opposite way once people start to look at the lines a little bit more. Colts seem somewhat like a fraudulent team. Anytime they face any team's kind of worth a damn, it has not paid out for them. Uh, last week, you had Kenny Galladay playing well, then he gets hurt, leaves his uh, with a groin injury, I believe. Orvin Hall goes in and against this potentially suspect and an undercover bad Colts defense, goes over 100 yards. Marvin Jones, I believe, scores two touchdowns in the game. The Colts right now on offense rank only 19th in yards per play when Baltimore ranks 17th, so slightly better. So they're very evenly matched teams that you're going to be seeing here as we talk about this. Baltimore is number five in defense in terms of yards per play allowed when you're going to have the Indianapolis Colts number three in that department. So two top five teams in terms of limiting your efficiency on offense and yards per play. Indiana is number 13 on offense. Baltimore is number 14. Indiana is number 10 in run defense. Baltimore is number eight. So these teams' defenses look very, very similar as what you're seeing right now. But the Baltimore Ravens have done it against very tough opponents, very difficult opponents. They're two losses to the Steelers and the Chiefs, the other two maybe best teams in the AFC. Whereas the Indianapolis Colts have basically been doing it against kind of garbage teams at this point. No real uh, sledgehammer teams, no real powerhouse teams is what they're kind of succeeding against. So although the numbers look good, the strength of schedule is nowhere near the same. And I think that's where we're going to find value in Baltimore minus three is what I'm on right now. Baltimore, they didn't have any Mark Ingram in that last game. You had Gus Edwards get banged up in the second quarter. Gus Edwards goes for over 80 yards, only two running backs this year to go over 80 yards for the Steelers both from the Ravens last week. Their running game is continuing to click. Obviously, Lamar Jackson's a part of that. But the rookie, J.K. Dobbins, goes over 100 total yards. He looked very good. So if Mark Ingram's out, even if he's in, Dobbins looks like he should be at least the answer for this team. The Colts are going to lose T.Y. Hilton, veteran receiver. I don't know if it's going to be that long. It looks like it's going to be at least a game or two. He has not done anything this season, so it's maybe not that big of a loss. Maybe Michael Pittman, the rookie, gets to step in some more. But that's not the greatest spot to step in against Jimmy Smith on the outside, against uh, Marcus Peters on the outside. Marlon Humphrey, as I'm recording this, did test positive for COVID, so I don't expect him to play. Keep a close eye on that cornerback room, right? If, if all those cornerbacks go down and they play the game, it's a totally different story. You have some top cornerbacks right now from Jimmy Smith to Humphrey. Uh, Marcus Peters not having the greatest year after having a great year last year, but still a very formidable uh, defense. So be sure to keep a close eye on what's happening with the COVID test in this game now that Marlon Humphrey did test positive uh, for COVID. I think it'll be a closer game than people think, but just based on the strength of schedule here, I think that's going to go a little bit under the radar. Again, these teams do set out pretty uh, evenly in terms of efficiency with Baltimore having the slight edge there. I'll take Lamar over Phillip Rivers in this one. I'll take the fact that Baltimore has had a much more difficult schedule and has looked just as good in, in those games as Indy has against worse teams. What we're going to be doing at this point is taking Baltimore minus three as our first bet of the week. You can see some of the reasons why that I have on the screen right now. You could also see uh, before and right now, I'll put it back up on the screen. Basically, you can see that everywhere that we're looking right now has minus three for the Ravens. So nowhere's really budged. I think if anything, this line might move closer towards uh, against the Ravens, meaning more teams bet on the Ravens. So Vegas puts this at minus three and a half to try and get you to jump to the other side. So I think that this is probably the time to be getting them early in the week, the Ravens at minus three, if you want that side of it. Our second bet of the week is going to be a team that we We've been betting on a good amount this year. Washington is now four and three versus spread in New York in this game. Also four and three, the Giants against the spread. The Giants are basically just losing close in most of their games, not all of them, but most of them. And Washington is playing very close games and eking out some victories dating back to week one of the year when they beat the Eagles, dating back to their last victory against another division rival in the Dallas Cowboys. This team right now in the Washington football team, they do trail the Philadelphia Eagles in the division lead, but they're right there at this point. Now, both teams are bottom five in points scored. So don't expect a lot of points here, especially because both teams actually have some pretty decent and if anything, underrated defenses, both top. 11 in overall defense. The Giants, though, this is the one thing that I'm really betting on here. It's just a one point favorite, right? So, one point favorites for Washington football team. They opened on the look ahead line like a week ago as three and a half point favorites. So, I'll take this one point favorite from Washington, especially since they're coming off of a win and now they're coming off of a bye week. Some people not seeing them for a little while, not remembering how they've actually looked pretty decent, especially against their terrible division opponents, beating the Eagles and beating the Cowboys so far this year. The Giants ranked dead last in pass blocking, 32nd overall. Now they get a top seven pass rush in the Washington football team. I like that a good amount. Both offenses are bottom four 
according to Pro Football Focus grades, but I just really want to be betting on the defensive line and the defense of this Washington football team, which is number eight overall compared to the Giants, who are overall number 13 on defense, but on offense, they're going to be bottom third in the league. So Washington is coming off the ball. And this is something that if you're talking about player personnel wise, that I really do like to look at and see. Yes, Terry McLaurin against James Bradbury, probably not going to be the greatest matchup for him, but we've seen him win similar matchups to that. But Antonio Gibson, the rookie before the bye, they kind of got him going a little bit. Touchdown 100 plus yards against a really bad Dallas Cowboys run defense. And now you get a good top five run defense in the Giants coming in here. But the good thing is the Giants have struggled against versatile pass catching backs. You get Antonio Gibson being that, milk the clock a little bit. Defensive line is going to be putting pressure on, I believe, Daniel Jones this game. You won't be shocked if you see somewhere around three to five sacks and a ton of pressure rating coming in here. I'll take basically off of that pressure. Washington football team is one point favorites. You're seeing it change in some spots right now. Some of the look ahead lines are still out there on the board. You can see the minus three and a half on FanDuel. That's not the correct line. If you actually go to FanDuel's site, it's not going to be there. It's minus one on DraftKings, minus one on points, but it's basically right now opening up as minus one Washington. I don't think that will flip flop the other way just based on the sentiment, how bad the Giants have looked, how at least recently good coming off the bye this Washington football team has looked. Giants also playing on a short week, playing on Monday night football against Tampa, just getting pounded by some really good pressure and pass rushes going from Tampa to now Washington. So we'll take the second bet of the week, Washington minus one right now versus the New York Giants. You can find that bet basically on all the sites. I found it and placed it on DraftKings. All right, third bet of the week now is going to be one that's going to be somewhat interesting in terms of just looking at how these teams completely look different since the beginning of the year. Uh, And that's really just one side of it. It's going to be a spread pick. So we got two more spread picks and then we'll have a teaser and an over under. But the spread pick is going to be Pittsburgh opens up as minus nine, minus nine and a half in some spots as well. You're going to get the look ahead line from a couple weeks ago, still posting here because teams haven't updated or at least the sites haven't totally updated as it's right now, Monday, early afternoon, uh, some of their spreads. But FanDuel has the correct line at minus nine and a half. I found the minus minus nine out there. It's the Steelers over the Cowboys. And we're going to be for a third time here. I mean, Washington game is basically a pick them, but third time on the favorite so far through three of these picks. It's just crazy at what you're seeing. So I posted earlier on Twitter, basically what you're getting right now is since Dak went down, so three starts, a couple with Andy Dalton, and then you had like Danucci in that last one. They're averaging seven points per game on offense. They're still allowing like 28 points per game on defense. They're averaged by losing over 21 points per game right now. The Cowboys uh, lost differential by 21 points on average through these three games. And now you have the Steelers defense that ranks number one overall coming in, which is better, obviously, just being number one than all three of the previous teams. And only the Cardinals, who absolutely blew out the Cowboys, have a better offense than the Steelers. Steelers have a better offense than the other two opponents that you ended up seeing there. So Pittsburgh six and one against the spread right now against a team in Dallas that has not yet won. The only team that has not yet won against the spread. The only team on the opposite side that's actually undefeated would be the Saints seven and zero when it comes to the over. All the Saints teams have actually gone over this year, but Dallas zero and eight against the spread. Steelers are the best against the spread. What that basically means is that Dallas continues to be overvalued by Vegas when the Steelers continue to be undervalued by Vegas. And yes, I do think that even at nine and a half points, you're still going to get a little bit of undervalued. Nothing crazy here, but I still think that there's value on the Steelers line, meaning that Vegas continues to undervalue them. Right now, they're allowing the most points per game. This Dallas defense terrible at 30.4. The only team over 30 points per game is what you're allowing. You get a Steelers offense that hasn't been great this year, but they've been able to get it done, right? They have enough weapons, whether it's James Conner or the pass catchers all over the place. Again, Deontay Johnson deals with injuries, leaving that last game with a hamstring. It's basically every single week since week two that he's been dealing with some sort of injury, whether that's missing games, coming out of games early, whatever it might be. So the number one pass rush is now going to go up against a Dallas offensive line that still remains injured and is just number 17 overall, keeping in mind that at best they're going to be having Andy Dalton for this game, and we're not even sure if that's going to be the case. And Danucci did not look that great, only posting nine total points for his offense against the Eagles, who again have a pretty quality defense, especially pass rush, but not even close to what the overall defense of Pittsburgh is. And Pittsburgh also has a better pass rush in that department. So just 22 
points over the last three games without Dak. That's not great by any means. And they've given up 86 during that time. We're going to take Pittsburgh here at minus nine and a half. They're going to be a part of our teaser that we talk about at the end of this two team six point teaser. If you stick around, we'll get you the other part of that. So right now, third bet of the week, another spread pick. You can find this one on FanDuel right now is where it opened at first. Uh, but Pittsburgh minus nine and a half against the Dallas Cowboys who right now are not showing much of anything. I believe that at best, Ezekiel Elliott is going to finish as I record this on a Monday, running back 32 for the week. And in terms of fantasy performances right now, nowhere near what you're looking for when you drafted him in the top three overall picks, completely flipped upside down, not being in the red zone on offense and everybody just loading the box for this running game. Since that's basically all they have, not being scared of anything out there at the quarterback position. So three spread picks in the book. We have one more. Now we're going to close it up on Monday night football, where another thing that I tweeted about just how bad this game is actually going to be. Some spots are open at minus seven and a half. It's basically now down to minus seven everywhere for the New England Patriots versus the New York Jets. And you might look at this and right away just say, okay, like this is just automatically just bet the Patriots here. The Jets have looked terrible. They just got just boat raced by like 30 points, 28 points, whatever it was. And they were 20 point underdogs and still couldn't cover against the Kansas City Chiefs. And yeah, they haven't been good, but neither have the Patriots, not even close. Like the Patriots are very similar to the Cowboys where their name value is going to be holding a lot. The Cowboys have been insanely overvalued this year. Patriots not to the same extent, because I don't think the Patriots are as bad. They're actually picking up some victories here. So they have had some victories against the spread this year, but just in general, it has not been good. Now the Jets have yet to keep a game within this spread. Their closest game was an 18 to 10 loss against Buffalo. So they kept that within eight points, but not within seven points, but their average loss is by 18 points this season. Now the Jets are one and seven versus the spread, which you're getting right now. And their only cover was against Buffalo. What you're getting right now is the New York Jets being number 32 in overall offense and the New England Patriots defense, not the same number one, number two up there. Like it was last year with the 49ers. They're number 20 so far this year in overall defense. The Patriots offense is right around middle of the pack 16th overall against the Jets defense that ranks 21st. Both of these teams generate some pressure. Both of them. I mean, the Jets are a little bit better against the run Patriots, not so much. Their coverages are both okay and decent. That's where the Patriots strong suit will be if Stefan Gilmore can return this week and if he doesn't get traded since there's a bunch of trade rumors by the Tuesday deadline. Both of these teams coming into week eight were actually bottom two in points per game. Now the Jets remain that being the worst team in points per game. The Patriots might have jumped a spot or two because they actually scored 21 points. Still lost by three points but scored 21 points. Had a little bit of a collapse down the end with a fumble I believe for Cam Newton. The Jets averaged 11.8 per games heading into week eight before their game where they scored nine points. Patriots so far this year averaging 19.4 points per game. So not great. New England number 21 in yards per play. The Jets number 32. So New England is still the better team. No doubt about that, right? If you're talking about quarterbacks and they're actually healthy, they're still the better team here, but they are battling injuries. Their wide receiver core looks maybe not as bad, but it's pretty close to as bad as what you're getting from the Jets right now, especially if Nikhil Harry misses again, Jacoby Myers and Amir Bird being your top wide receivers, or would you have to have potentially Jamison Crowder returning in this game, Denzel Mims and Perriman. It looks like the Jets actually have the better pass catching weapons in this game. Probably not the better backfield or quarterback, but the better pass catching weapons. Both teams are bottom eight in yards per play allowed so far this year, but there's no way I can take the Jets at this point. I mean, have you seen how they look at this point. Patriots have looked bad, but I don't think it's to any extreme of how the Jets look bad. And I don't think that Bill Belichick plans to be losing on Monday Night Football in prime time. If you want to try and wrap a narrative around this, I mean, I can just give you all the numbers, but the narrative around this is uh, losing to the Jets on Monday Night Football would probably be just the absolute end of what you've been seeing out of Patriots dynasty that seems to slowly be crumbling this year. So Patriots minus seven is Monday Night Football bet. That's the fourth line bet. We have a over under one that I've placed and then a teaser to close out the week. All right. So the last one we're going to be doing is a total. And a couple of these totals have moved really quickly. Usually the totals will move the quickest at the beginning of the week, just because, I mean, you can kind of get an idea of weather. Like this past week, you saw the totals jumping down a little bit. If there's no concerns about whether you're playing in a dome, people pretty quickly can kind of identify what these offenses are going to be doing against these defenses, especially this year where there's no fans and you've been seeing just a tick up in overall points being scored per game. But Seattle and Buffalo right now. So it depends where you're going to be able to get this one. Bet MGM, as I record, this still has this at a 51 and a half over under. I got it at 50 and a half. I feel really good about that number now that I'm seeing that DraftKings has actually bumped this up to 53 and a half. FanDuel's already at 54 and so is points lead. So 
lot of the spots right now are at about 53 and a half. So go to BetMGM if you can and try and take the over on that site. If you can still get it at 53 and a half, I would be taking the over in Seattle versus the Bills. And yes, 50 and a half if you were lucky enough to get that number right when it came out, somewhere around 51, even 52. It's going to be a really strong spot. So let me just tell you a couple of points really why it's going to be a spot where none of these defenses are going to be playing much defense against the offenses that are scoring at will. So both teams are five and two against the over. So they're hitting on the over at 83% of the time. So they continue to be undervalued by just Vegas setting the lines and then even the market towards the end of the week at where the closing line is finishing. Seattle is number one in yards per play at 6.4 per play. Buffalo is number nine at 5.9. So they're two very efficient offenses picking up chunk plays and just getting a bunch of yardage per drive. Seattle is giving up the fourth most yards per play right now at 6.1. Buffalo is 10th most right now at 5.7. So both top 10 in terms of, and really it's it's pretty funny because Seattle's number one, both top 10 at this point in terms of how efficient they are on offense, both bottom 10 in terms of how inefficient or how inefficient they are on the defensive side of the ball. Seattle has running back issues. All their guys were basically banged up. Homer actually played, but the rookie DJ Dallas looked terrible. He did not look good out there. Everybody wanted him to get on the field. Rookies are exciting, but he did not look good. Keep a close eye on what happens with Carlos Hyde and Chris Carson, but either way, they had to rely on Russ even more. So at the very best, you're going to get those guys back and you get the normal Russ from this year, which is an MVP caliber player. But if it's DJ Dallas back there again, you have to rely on Russ to kind of carry your team, whether it's on the ground or through the air, big efficiency type plays, mobile quarterbacks, and that's going to help you hit this over even more. Another thing that's nice to look at if you follow trends is that Seattle basically at this point is just eliminating second and long from their arsenal, which is good because second and long usually leads to third and short, third and medium or third and long. And then you're really just trying to pick up and be very efficient on third downs. You can only do that for so long. So Seattle just eliminating second and long, which is a terrible play to actually be running on, right? So second down and like seven, second down and 10 types of runs, they're eliminating that completely from their offense. That gets even better now for them to try and hit the over and stay efficient on offense, play action passing, not running the ball to set up third and sevens. Instead, you're setting up first downs or just third down and one, third down and shorts. That's going to be much more better to keep drives alive and to actually score points and not keep these punts going with the clock churning on second down running plays. Seattle ranks 31st in pressure rating right now. That's going to be helping out guys like Stefan Diggs downfield, who's been kind of quiet these last couple of weeks. So if Stefan Diggs is indeed going to be healthy for this game, Josh Allen's going to be having time because Seattle's defense, their run stop, their secondary has actually been pretty solid this year. Adding Jamal Adams, you would think that that's going to happen. But their pass rush remains bad. Losing Jadavian Cloudy, you would think that that would happen. So what you're getting right now is Buffalo being number 32 versus the run. So you're hoping that uh, Chris Carson, it's not a major deal. Like if they're in, Chris Carson and Colorado Hyde aren't world beaters. They're not like insane generational towns. So basically what you're just going to be getting there is like a little bit more opportunity to run the ball, which would maybe just milk the clock. You lose an extra drive in this game. So that would be your concern with the over-under. But Seattle strikes so quickly. So does Buffalo when Josh Allen actually has some time. So I'm not too concerned about that. But Buffalo worth pointing out that they are the dead last team in the NFL right now in terms of run defense. Both teams are top half of the league in points scored and both are bottom half in the league in points allowed. So you're just getting two teams set up right now to basically go out there and score three to four touchdowns apiece. And if that's the case, right where this total is right now, I mean, if you could still find it where I found it this morning at 50 and a half or 51, 51 and a half, that's a great number. Once it starts hitting 55, I stay away, but there's a lot of 53s out there by the time that you're seeing this. If you like it, and you want to tail it over 53. I got the over 50 and a half as the official bet on bet MGM. That's where the line is right now. Still at 51 and a half, still a fine number. So you can check that out. That is going to be our over under. And then we basically just close this bad boy up with a T. So we already talked about one of the teams, I think both of the teams now that we're, we're through this, uh, that we're going to be teasing in this game. So the first one that we're going to be teasing in this game is going to take down Pittsburgh to minus two. They're at minus nine, minus nine and a half. I'm fine taking them to minus two and a half. If they get to minus 10, I probably wouldn't tease them down to minus three because a lot of games end in field goals. And then depending on your book, a push for a teaser is either a loss or you just get your money back. And I mean, you get your money back. It's not that bad of an idea, right? It's not that terrible of a thing. Uh, but I think I'll just stay away from it if you don't get through that magic number of three. And the second part of that teaser is going to be the New England Patriots at minus one. Again, they're at right now a seven point favorite against the Jets on Monday Night Football. I am confident enough in taking them down. So we'll take them down to minus one. So you tear together the Pittsburgh Steelers, two AFC teams and the New England Patriots, 6.2 team teaser. I don't like going to three teams or anything like that. I think you don't get as much payout and equity depending on what your book does pay for these 
Uh, you always want to compare it to the money line bets. Like if you could just place the money line on Pittsburgh in New England, because that's basically what you're playing for here. You get the extra point with Pittsburgh being minus two and not minus one. But if you don't, if you get better payout for money line bets, I would just take that over the two team teaser. So always be sure to try and check that one out. The only other team that I would consider putting in here is Houston coming off the bye against Jacksonville, who's going to be without Gardner Minshew. But I mean, that's not a big of a deal. Minshew has not been anywhere near good so far this season. Uh, they're six point favorites. You can tease them down to a pick them. I'm not going to be throwing that in there. I don't recommend throwing that in there. But if you're looking for another team to potentially tease with Pittsburgh, if you don't trust New England or vice versa, uh, Houston would probably be that team coming off of a bye against what is just a terrible Jacksonville defense. That's really just being coming off a bye. It's nice for them as well, but really just being anchored at this point uh, by James Robinson ability as an undrafted free agent to kind of carry a team as a running back, which is just kind of unheard of at this point. So that's basically where we're at right now. Be sure to check out Vigit. So ba- basically when I was going through this, Vigit has a ton of information just about injury news. So you can go on Roto World, you can pull up a bunch of different websites and just see about all the injury news. But if you're just in the app for the game that you want specifically, you'll have all the trends in terms of against the spread numbers, offense and defensive type numbers, a bunch of different charts for how the line is moving, both the over under the spread, the money bet, where the money's coming in pros versus Joe's, all that type of stuff. And the injury dashboard really nice and helpful just to show you pretty quickly, all the guys that are dealing with either being probable, questionable, doubtful out, all that type of stuff. So you can get a pretty quick look right there just by reading all that summary it takes a couple seconds. If you want to glance at some things, read it deeply, a couple minutes, you kind of have an idea of where it's going. Then they have the free sports book side of it. And then you also have just the social media type side, which is like the sports betting, social media, kind of that Twitter version just for sports betting specifically. You can check it all out. Vigit down below. You can use that promo code Sal to get a thousand big coins. So you can actually use them to try and win some Amazon gift cards and some other stuff by placing some bets in the app. Be sure to check all that stuff out linked down below. Please do before you go like button, big old subscribe button just pops up. Appreciate that in advance. Go out there. The more informed you are, the better chance you have to win some Dalaruskis, get some brewskis with that, whatever you want to do with all that. Be sure to check it all out linked up down below. Best of luck in week nine to everybody out there. We'll have a player props video if you're interested in more betting content. I have a bunch of daily fantasy sports content. So on my Twitter, I pin up my schedule for the week at Salvatore DFS. So you can check all that out. But on Fridays at noon, we have a player prop video through Monkey Knife Fight. You can check that one out. That's going to again come out on Friday at noon. So player props, uh, Dylan Bird will be doing those. So check that out. Everything's linked down below. The schedule is on Twitter. Thank you so much, everybody. And I'll see you in the next one.